Okay, brothers and sisters, praise be to our loving Abba that we are gathered once again to study his words and his commands. Our topic for tonight is from Christ to Trinity. The reason why we will study this topic is because there are many who have asked us who are our viewers about our belief concerning the Christ. Do we believe that he is also God the Son, second person of the so-called Trinity? And I do remember making a promise to one of our viewers that we will conduct a deep study concerning the nature of the Son of God, the nature of Yahushua, our King. I kept postponing and postponing it, but after we discussed for a bit concerning the work of Martin Luther and how he endorsed the Holy Trinity, the so-called Holy Trinity, I think it is time that we look in depth at this concept and idea of the Trinity and find out what we ought to believe in concerning Yahusha HaMashiach, because after all, our faith rests upon our belief, our faith in Yahusha, the Son of God. So why do we need to study this? Why is it of utmost importance that we are able to make the proper discernment concerning the nature of the Son of God? This is what Christianity.com has to say about the belief in the Trinity. All Christians believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. If you do not believe this, that is, if you have come to a settled conclusion that the doctrine of the Trinity is not true, you are not, take note, you are not a Christian at all. You are, in fact, a heretic. Those words may sound harsh, but they represent the judgment of the Christian church across the centuries. What is the Trinity? Christians in every land unite in proclaiming that our God eternally exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those who deny the truth place themselves outside the pale of Christian orthodoxy. And so this is the belief of so-called Christendom. Yeah, they have disputes about other doctrines. For example, about baptism, predestination, about the assembly. Uh, and many other things. And so although they have different splinter groups, different ideas about some Bible topics, one thing they all agree on is the Trinity. So it doesn't matter if you're Presbyterian or Baptist or Lutheran or Catholic, they all agree in the Trinity. In fact, they even go as far as to say, if you do not believe in the Trinity, you are not what? A true Christian. Instead of a Christian, you are a heretic. And so one who does not believe in the Trinity, according to Christianity.com, will not obtain salvation. This is why we need to really dig deep and understand whether or not we should hold on to our beliefs as members of the Assembly of Yahushua or give it up and embrace the Trinity. Because that's pretty scary, right? If you don't believe the Trinity, you're not a true Christian. And so let's ask them, what is the meaning of the Trinity? What is that doctrine all about? Also in Christianity.com, we believe that the one God eternally exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and that these three are one God. Did you get that? These three are one God, co-equal, co-eternal, having precisely the same nature and attributes and worthy of precisely the same worship, confidence, and obedience. So what is the belief of about concerning the Trinity upheld by Christianity. Well, according to the website, and this is also in accordance with what the Catholic Church believes, 
The belief of the Trinity simply means this. It is to believe that there's one God, but in one God, there are three persons, right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And what do they believe about the three persons of the Godhead? They believe the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are co-equal, co-eternal, and they all have, quote-unquote, precisely the same nature and attributes. And so the Son is also the Father, or is also the Holy Spirit, and having the same nature and attributes. And so if the Father is God, the Son is also God. The Holy Spirit is also God. And so in a nutshell, the belief of the Trinity is this. The one and only true God exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so there are three persons, right? However, when you consider all of them, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, it's still only one God. It just exists in different persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let's focus first in our study today concerning their belief that Yahushua HaMashiach is God the Son. Christendom believes that Lord Yahushua is truly God. He is God the Son. And so let's test this idea and see whether or not the Bible supports it. Is it true that Yahushua, our Lord, is God the Son? What should we believe concerning Yahushua? Well, instead of listening to any website or any human being for that matter, let's listen to Yahuwah himself. How does Yahuwah introduce Yahushua, his son? Let's read John 3.16. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And so what does the Bible reveal or teach to us about Yahushua? The Bible says he is the only begotten Son of God. Do we believe that, brothers and sisters? Absolutely. Because we can read that in scripture. It mentions he is the son of God. Not only is he the son of God, he is the only begotten son of God. And so because we believe that he is the son of God, how important is that? Bible says if you believe that he is the son of God, then you have everlasting life. However, those who use this passage, after reading that he is the only begotten son of God, they conclude that he is also God the son. Can we read anywhere in the passage that Yahushua is God the son? No. He is son of God. However, there are people who insist and make the following analogy. They will say, for example, a dog gives birth to a dog. A lion gives birth to a lion. A man gives birth to another man. God gives birth to another God. So if Yahushua is the son of God, then he must also be God the son. But yeah, of course, it does not apply to God. The law of birth does not apply to God because Yahuwah was never born and Yahuwah does not give birth. What does he do? He creates. He doesn't give birth. He creates. He is not like humans. He is not like one of his creations. He's not under the law of birth. And so to say that Yahushua is God the Son because he's the Son of God, it is not based 
upon scriptural thinking. Also, if we will say that Yahushua is God the Son, because he's Son of God, there's going to be many gods. Why? Who also are considered sons of God. Job chapter 1 and the verses 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before Yahuwah, and Satan also came among them. So here, the Bible mentions the sons of God. Who are they referring to here? The angels, the celestial beings who met with Yahuwah in some kind of council. They are called sons of God. And so if sons of God makes you God the son, then we would have many gods. But of course, we know the Bible does not teach many gods. It teaches only one true God. That's what makes Christianity unique and different from other religions. We uphold monotheism, not polytheism. Now, when the Bible says that Yahushua is the only begotten son of God, does it mean that Yahushua uh, was actually born by God? That God gave birth to him. What does it mean that he is son, only begotten son of God? How did Yahushua come to be? Let's read Matthew 1, 18 and 20. This was how the birth of Yahushua Christ took place. His mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they were married, she, was, uh, she found out that she was going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. While he was thinking about this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife, for it is by the Holy Spirit that she has conceived. And so why does the Bible teach that Yahusha is the only begotten son of God? One reason is because of the specialness, the uniqueness of the birth of Yahushua, right? What was unique about the birth of Yahushua? He doesn't have a human father. How was he conceived? Yahuwah conceived him by means of the Holy Spirit. Does it mean because Yahushua was conceived by the Holy Spirit that Yahushua is also God? No, because do you remember of someone else who was who was uh, created by Yahuwah, but did not go through the womb of a mother. He was an, an example of what of one who was created by Yahuwah without going through the womb of a mother. There are two people, Adam, right? Did, did, did Adam go through the womb of a mother? No. Who else? Eve. Did Eve go through the womb, womb of a mother? No. Special creation. Yahushua. Did he go through the womb of a mother? Yeah, but what was special about his birth? He was conceived by means of the Holy Spirit. However, when Yahushua was born, does it mean that he was like half God and half human? Is that what the Bible teaches? Because during the days of Christianity, the popular Greek mythology included hybrid gods, like Hercules, right? Half God, half human. Wonder Woman, I don't know. Is Wonder Woman have God? Have, uh, I'm not too sure about the etymology of Wonder Woman, but we know pagan beliefs included the idea or concept of being a God and a human being at the same time. Okay, how about Yahushua? When he was born, was he half God, half man? Let's read Hebrews 2, 6 to 9. But one testified in a certain place saying, what is man 
that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. But we see Yahushua, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. When Yahushua was born, was he different from other human beings? No, he was fully human. This is why the uh, comparison was made here between a man and angels. What is the condition of man in terms of creation? A human being, according to the creation ranking of Yahuwah, is made slightly lower than the angels, the celestial beings. However, what did Yahuwah in his plan have in mind concerning man. This is why the Bible says, what is man that you are mindful of him? In Yahuwah's plan, everything will be made subject to mankind, in particular, a special man. What's his name? Yahushua. This is why the Bible says time will come when Yahushua will be honored, crowned with glory after suffering death. And so Yahushua is a special man. He was created in a special way, and he will be crowned with glory and honor because he will serve the function of the Savior of all mankind as the begotten Son of God. Well, how else did he become the begotten Son of God? Let's read Hebrews 1, 4 to 5. Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. How else uh, does the Bible depict the reason why Yahushua is called the only begotten son of God? Because Yahuwah declared him to be his Son, did he do that with any of the angels? No, only with who? Yahushua. This is why the Bible says, today I have begotten you. He did not say that in it with any of the angels. When Yahuwah said, you are my son, on that day, he became the begotten son of God. And so even if he was a man in nature, he can become son of God. If Yahuwah declares him to be son of God. This is why he said he did not do this with any of the angels. But with Yahushua he said today I have begotten you. You are my son. Do you know when that was? When Yahushua was declared son of God. Let's read Matthew 3, 16 and 17. As soon as Yahushua was baptized. He went up out of the water. And that moment heaven was opened. And he saw the spirit. Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I love with him. I am well Please, When did Yahuwah declare that his, that Yahusha is his son on the day of his 
baptism. What did Yahuwah send? His spirit. The spirit of God descended upon him. And so on that day, he was anointed as the son of God. He was declared as the son of God. So it has nothing to do with him being God. And so Yahushua is son of God, but he's not God, the son. The Bible teaches clearly that Yahushua is the son of God. But nowhere can we find in the Holy Bible that says Yahushua is God, the son. There's a big difference between the two, being son of God and God, the son. The Trinity says he's God, the son. But the Bible says he's son of God. Okay, so we need to really be careful. When it comes to what the Bible actually teaches about our King and Lord Yahushua. Why do we need to be careful? Let's read the book of 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 3 down to 4. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning. Want to pause there for a while. Who is this serpent being depicted here by the Apostle Paul that we need to be careful about? Who is that? Yeah, the devil, Satan, right? Your mind's may somehow be led astray. We don't want that to happen from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Or if someone comes to you and preaches a Yahushua, or other than the Yahushua we preach, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you receive, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. The Apostle Paul was concerned about the gullibility of the followers of Yahushua there in Corinth. Because in Corinth, there was a lot of Greek influence, right? And when it comes to the nature of Yahushua, some of the ideas that the followers of Yahushua began to develop, even though they were in the assembly or in the church, they were heavily influenced by pagan ideologies. And so eventually, certain concepts about Yahushua was emerging. And so Apostle Paul warned them, you should not be led astray. Who are those who were led astray? Those who end up believing a different Yahushua, right? Another Yahushua is being preached. And so, so that we can always be within the confines of the correct belief about Yahushua, what must we strive to do? We need to always look at the preaching of the apostles, because that's the standard that we must hold on to. To deviate from that will be to preach and believe a different Yahusha, a different Jesus. And so let's go ahead and look at what the apostles preached about Yahusha. Did they preach that Yahusha is God the Son? Did they preach that Yahusha is God by nature? Let's read the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and the verses 5. By the way, who wrote the book of Timothy? Apostle Paul. Okay, this is what he said about Yahushua, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ, Yahushua. Isn't that clear? According to Apostle Paul, who is Yahushua? What should we believe about Yahushua? That he is the one mediator between God and men. Did our King Yahushua, or, or did Apostle Paul teach that our King Yahushua is God in this passage? No, as a matter of fact, if we look carefully at the passage, it tells us Yahushua must be different from who? From God. He must be. Why? Because he will be mediator between God and man. Because if he was God, then how can he mediate for himself? It does not make any sense. To be mediator must, be, must mean that you are distinct 
different from God. Otherwise, you cannot be mediator. You cannot be mediator for yourself. And so he's mediator between God and man. Well, what is his nature? Maybe he's a, a man God. Bible says he's the man, Christ, Yahusha. And so the Bible teaches that Yahusha is mediator. And so we go through Yahusha to enter the presence of Yahuwah and to receive the blessing of Yahuwah. It goes through Yahusha. He is the intercessor, the mediator between God and man, the man, Christ, Yahusha. So we believe that he's one and only mediator between God and man. What also must we believe about our king, Yahushua? We turn to Apostle Paul. Let's turn to another apostle. Apostle Peter is his name. This is what he says concerning our Lord Yahushua. Acts 2.36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Yahushua, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. What else do we believe about our king, Yahushua? That he is both Lord and Christ. Now, there are those who use this passage, actually use this passage to make the conclusion that Yahusha is God. Because they will say, well, don't you believe he's Lord? Yeah, I believe he's Lord. Then if you believe he's Lord, then you must believe he's God. Well, no. The word Lord doesn't mean God. The Bible says Yahusha is Lord. Yes. Do we believe he's Lord? Yes. Do we believe he's Christ? Yes. But do we believe he's God? No. Why not? Because to believe Yahushua is Lord does not mean to believe that Yahushua is God. Why? Well, let's take a look at the Greek word for Lord. Does it mean God? This is what uh, it says for in the uh, Blue Letter Bible. Uh, the, Lord, the word Lord there, the Greek word used is Kyrios 2962. And this is what it says. Uh, Basically, a master, sir, uh, him to whom a person belongs. Basically, someone we need to follow. So, Yahusha is Lord because he's the one appointed to follow. We follow him. We belong to him. He is our master. He's also the Christ. What does that mean? word Christ comes from Christos, Greek word 5547, which means anointed. Mashiach, Messiah. And so we firmly believe that Yahusha is Lord and Mashiach. Why do we believe that? Because it is biblical. Does it mean that to believe that Yahusha is Lord and Christ, that he is now God? No, because Lord and Christ does not mean God. As a matter of fact, Apostle Peter even makes the distinction between God and Yahusha, who is Lord and Christ. If we go back to that passage in Acts 2.36, what do you notice God did? Did the Apostle Peter say that Yahushua is Lord and Christ because he's God? No. Apostle Peter says God made this Yahushua to be both Lord and Christ. In other words, it was Yahuwah Abba who made Yahushua to become Lord and to become Christ. It was by the will of Yahuwah Abba. And so if Yahushua is God, would there be a need to make him Lord? No, automatically, inherently, he would be Lord. But the Bible says he was made Lord. In other words, he was appointed Lord. What does that mean? He was appointed Lord. The book of Acts 531, God uses power to give Yahushua 
the highest position as leader and savior. This is why we also uh, call Yahusha our savior. So we believe he's Lord, he's the Christ, he is the savior. How did he become the savior? The Bible says God used his power to give. And so Yahuwah, Yahushua was given the power, the position to be leader and savior. And so we believe that our king Yahushua is Savior, Lord, and Christ because Yahuwah gave it to him. What else did he give to our loving King Yahushua? He is the leader, the highest position as a leader. What does that mean? Let's read Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Yahushua, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Yahushua Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does it mean? That our creator, Yahuwah, Allahim, made and used his power to give and to make Yahushua to become leader. Bible says God exalted him. Now, if Yahushua is truly God, would there be a need to exalt him? No, but the Bible says God exalted him. Apostle Paul again makes a distinction between God and Yahushua. God was the one who exalted Yahushua. Yahushua did not exalt himself. In fact, he humbled himself and Yahuwah exalted him. How was he exalted? The Bible says he was given the name that is above every name. What is that name? It's the name of Yahushua. What is the command of Yahuwah concerning all creation? The Bible says every time both in heaven and on earth and even under the earth, they will confess that Yahushua Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. And so Yahushua is a special, special person because he has been made Lord and Christ and Savior and leader, exalted to be worshipped by all. This is why in the assembly of Yahushua, do we worship the living Christ? What is your answer? Do we worship Yahushua? Absolutely. We worship Yahushua. Why do we worship Yahushua? Because it was the command of Yahuwah Abba. It is for the glory of Yahuwah Abba that we worship Yahushua, our loving Mashiach. He was exalted. What else does it mean? That Lord Yahushua was exalted. Let's read the book of Matthew 28, 18. And Yahushua came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What else does it mean that Yahushua was exalted by Yahuwah? Bible says that all authority was given to who? Yahushua. Authority where? Not just on earth, but including in heaven. This is why our Lord Yahushua is able to send the Holy Spirit, right? He commands the Holy Spirit. Can he send angels as well? Absolutely. He commands and sends the angels for his work, for his bidding. And so he's Lord, not just on earth, but also in heaven. That is the scope of his power and authority. But how did he obtain this? The Bible says it has been given. It has been given to me, Yahushua said. Who do you think gave it to him? The Father, Yahuwah Allahim. What's the proof? Let's read the book of Ephesians 1, 20 to 23. Uh, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in, his, in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. How was, what's the proof that indeed Yahushua was given authority over heaven and earth? Bible says that Yahuwah, who raised Yahushua back to life, by the way, what did he do after he was seated at the right, at his right side? Bible says he placed all power and might and dominion under the feet of our king, Yahushua. This is why Yahushua is greater and above all things, not only on earth, but also where? In heaven. That's the scope of the authority of our king, Yahushua. How did he obtain this kind of authority? It was given to him. All things were subject and placed under his feet. So he's head over all things. Head over all creation. However, when it says that Yahushua became the head over all creation and head over all things, does that include God who placed all things under his feet? Let's read the book of Corinthians 15, 27 to 28. For the scripture says, God put all things under his feet. It is clear, of course, that the words all things do not include God himself, who puts all things under Christ. But when all things have been placed under Christ's rule, then he himself, the Son, will place himself under God, who placed all things under him, and God will rule completely over all. When Yahuwah places all things under the feet of Yahushua HaMashiach, does it include God himself, Yahuwah himself? Of course not. Apostle Paul made it clear. Yeah, it's true that Yahuwah God will place everything under the feet of Yahushua. This is why when he comes back, all governments will be subject to who? Yahushua. Everything will be under the feet of Yahushua, right? When it says everything is placed under the feet of Yahushua, does it include God himself? Also, Paul makes it clear. It does not include God himself. Why? Well, first of all, he was the one who put everything under the feet of Yahushua in the first place. Second of all, the Bible says the son will place himself under who? God. Why? So that God will rule completely over all. And so if the son has all the attributes, precisely has all the, uh, the, the nature of God, then if the Son is also God and he will place himself under God, then we will have one God who is under another God, right? They're not really co-equal, are they? The Son subjects himself to God. Do you see that? It doesn't say the Son is also God. It doesn't say the son is equal with the father. It says the son will place himself under God. It doesn't say he that the son is also God, but the son is under God. How then can the son also be God? He's the son of God. It makes perfect sense that he is under God, that he is not himself God. This is why the concept of God, the son, is not in the Bible. He is the son of God who places himself under God because he knows all things was placed under him by God in the first place. This is why to teach that Yahushua is also God is to go against the teaching of the apostles and Yahushua himself. As a matter of fact, when Yahushua was here on earth, 
he preached about many subjects, did he not? Right? He preached about heaven, about hell. He preached about uh, the church, the assembly. He preached about what's going to happen in the future kingdom. He preached about the Passover. He preached about his death. He preached about many things. But he never, not once, not once did he ever teach that he was God. Give me a passage in all of scripture where Yahusha himself taught and said, I am God. Did he ever teach that? Did he ever say explicitly, I am God? No. Instead, you know what he taught? What did he say about himself, about his nature, about his true state of being? John chapter 8 and the verses 40. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man. Who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. When Yahushua was speaking about his own nature. His state of being. What did he teach? He taught the truth about himself. What was that? He said I am a man. And he made a distinction again. Between himself and God. He did not say I am God. He did not say I am both man and God. Or God and man. He said I am a man. Which I heard from who? From God. And so Yahushua, when he taught about himself, about his state of being, it is crystal clear. He says, I am a man, which I heard from God. How about the apostles? What do they teach about Yahushua's state of being? Timothy 2, verse 5, Apostle Paul says he's a man, Christ, Yahushua. How about Apostle Peter? What did he say? Men of Israel, listen to this. Yahushua Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Apostle Peter, there was one person who would know Yahushua very well. It would be who? Apostle Peter, right? Remember when Apostle Peter was given a commendation when he was approved by Yahushua? When, when Apostle Peter says that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, remember that? Remember what Yahushua said? Blessed be thou art, Simon Peter, right? What you have received did not come from yourself. That came from who? From God. So I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And so Yahushua really, really approved of him. He really, really applauded him. Apostle Peter, right? I mean, Apostle Peter, he did many things together with Yahushua. He knows him very well. They ate together, right? I mean, if you, would, if you were to think about fellowship and intimacy, I think out of all the apostles, I mean, compared at least to Apostle Paul, I think Apostle Peter would have a closer relationship with Yahushua, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, Apostle Peter actually handled and saw our king, Yahushua. They went fishing together, right? They ate together. They did miracles together. I mean, who... Who walked with Yahushua on water together with him? Wasn't it Peter? Yeah, eventually he doubted, but he struggled with Yahushua, right? He denied him three times, but then he repented and Yahushua restored him. And so if there was one person who would know Yahushua, it would be who? Apostle Peter. But you know, not once did Apostle Peter ever teach. He never taught that Yahushua is who? I mean, if it's, if it's really true, think about it. If it's true, because that's a big thing. That's a big deal. If it's true that Yahushua is God, don't you think Apostle Peter would say something? Don't you think he would say that? But that's not what he said. 
In fact, when the opportunity was there for Apostle Peter to teach at last that this Yahusha is indeed God, it would have been when he took, when he performed the miracles, right? Now it makes sense. He's able to make the blind see and the lame walk and the deaf to hear. He's even raised uh, someone who's dead alive again. He must be God. Is that what Apostle Peter said? No. He said he's a man. He said he's a man. I mean, if there was an opportunity to preach at Yahushua's God, it should have been here. But he said, no. Listen to me. He is a man. He's a man in a state of being. And he's able to do those miracles because who did it through him? God did it through him. And so Apostle Peter even confirms that Yahusha, yes, he is one approved of God. But he's not God himself. It was God who did the miracles through him. This is why Apostle Peter never preached that Yahusha is or was God. And when Yahusha went to heaven... And he sat at the right hand of God. Was that when he became God? Hebrews 10 verse 12. But this man. right? This man. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Sat down at the right hand of God. And so when he was born. He was a man. When he was growing up. He was a man. When he preached. For several years. He was a man. When he died. He was a man. When he resurrected. He was a man. When he went to heaven, he's a man. Because Yahusha, the Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christendom says that Lord Yahusha is both truly human and truly God. That's their answer to that. Because when you look at the Bible, it's quite evident that Yahusha is a man. But they will insist and they will add that he is both truly human and truly God. But the problem is, we don't find any evidence that he is God. Yahusha himself said he is not God. The Bible says in Numbers 23, verse 19, is it possible for Yahusha to be both truly human and truly God, to be truly man and truly God? This is what Yahuwah says about himself. The Bible says, God is not man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make good? The Bible says that the God is not a man, nor is he a son of man. Yes, we know the context of this passage is about lying, truth-telling. Nevertheless, it contains the truth about God's nature. He's not a man, and nor is he a son of man, because God is never born. <laughs> True God is never born. Yahushua was born. He was conceived. He was created. It's called the firstborn of all creation. He was a creation of Yahuwah Abba. And so at no point did Yahusha ever teach that he is God. As a matter of fact, if we were to say, you know, I'll just call God anyways. I'll just call Yahushua God anyways. I wonder how Yahushua would feel about that. What do you think? How do you think Yahushua would feel if we will just ignore the scriptural evidence and just insist that Yahushua is God? Maybe one is saying to himself, well, Yahushua's not going to be mad if I believe he's God. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think will be his response if we were to insist that Yahushua is God? Well, let's read the book of Mark 10, 17 to 18. This is what it says. And Yahushua 
was starting on his way again, a man ran up, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to receive eternal life? Why do you call me good? Yahusha asked him, no one is good except God alone. Here we have a man who approached and ran to Yahusha because he wants to learn how to receive everlasting life. And so when he ran to Yahusha, what did he call him? He said, good teacher, what must I do to receive eternal life? And so Yahusha could have answered them right there and then, right? But before answering his question, did you notice he corrected him? What did he say to the young man? He said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Why did Yahusha do this? So that any idea that may be coming up that causes people to think because of the miracles he's doing that he may be God, it would be scrunched, right? It would be dealt with immediately. That's why he said, do not call me good. There's only one good. Who is that? God. I mean, this man did not even call him uh, God, called him good. And Yahusha had a reaction to that. He said, do not call me good. Because the only reason why I'm good is because God has made me good. And so he's showing to the man that he is dependent on Yahuwah, right? Not that he's God himself. And so if we were to insist, oh, Yahusha is God, Yahusha is going to be upset with us because here, he corrected the young man when he called him good because he says there's only one good God alone because there's only one God, the Father alone. What's the proof? Yahushua never taught himself as being God. Well, then who did he introduce? Who did he teach as the one true God? John 20, verse 17, Yahushua said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. According to Yahushua, who is God? Who is God? The father. Who is the father? Yahushua says, your father and my father. The one who created all of us. He says, your father is my father. Who is that? Your God and my God. And so our Lord Yahushua is telling the, his disciples, look, the God that we worship is not me. It's the Father. The Father is the true God. Is it possible that Yahushua can also be God? John 17, 1 and 3. Yahushua spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. That your son also may glorify you. And this is eternal life. That they may know you. The only true God. And Yahushua Christ whom you have. Sent. What did our Lord Yahushua say. Concerning the father. What did the son of God say. Concerning the father. He said that they may know you. The only true God. And so the son. Says the father. Is the only true God. But Trinity says the Son is also God. Well, who are we going to believe? The doctrine of the Trinity or Yahusha? He's saying it right here quite plainly. He's saying the, the Son is speaking, right? The Son says the Father is the only true God. When the Son said the Father is the only true God, what does that mean? It means the Son cannot also be God. Do you see the, do you see the logic of that? 
What will they say when they come across this passage? It's a mystery. We barely understand it. Just have faith. Brethren, it's not a mystery. It's quite plain. Yahushua, the Son of God, says the Father is the only true God. Case closed. This is what we need to believe. And Yahushua even says this is eternal life. They may know you, the only true God, and Yahushua Christ whom you have sent. So Yahushua was sent so that we will know that Yahuwah is indeed the only true God. So one thing we know when we study the Bible, okay, the Bible, one conclusion we can make. Yahushua never taught that he was God. In fact, he taught the Father is the only true God. The apostles never taught that he is God. They all preach the Father is the only true God. Okay. Well, if that's the case, and why there's so many people believe today in the Trinity, right? Why does practically all of Christendom, so-called Christendom, believe and uphold the Trinity? To the point that they say, if you don't believe in Trinity, well, you're a heretic. <laughs> that's pretty powerful, right? So why is that? Let's go, let's, I mean, if, if it did not come from the, the Holy Bible, where is its genesis? And so what we're going to do is we're going to go forward a little bit. The Bible was completed 9080. We're going to go forward a little bit until after all the apostles died. Okay. What happened during those times? And according to historians, does the Bible really teach that Yahusha is God? I'm going to read to you a book entitled Jesus, God, and Man by Raymond Brown. Jesus is never called God in the synoptic gospels. Those are the three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And a passage like Mark 10, 18, which is what we read today, right? When Yahushua was asked a question and he was called good teacher, he said, do not call me good. Only one is good, God. And so a passage like Mark 10, 18 would seem to preclude the possibility that Jesus used the title for himself. Even the fourth gospel, gospel of John, never portrays uh, Yahushua as saying specifically that he is God. The sermons which Acts attributes to the beginning of the Christian mission do not speak of Yahushua as God. Thus, there's no reason to think that Yahushua was called God in the earliest, the earliest layers of the New Testament tradition. This negative conclusion is substantiated by the fact that Paul does not use a title in an episode written before 58. So in any letter in the layers of the New Testament tradition, even past the time of the death of the apostles, when you look at the writings of the gospel, the Bible, it does not mention that Yahushua ever taught himself to be God. It's not. It's not in the gospels. It's not in the sermons of the apostle Paul. It's not in the New Testament. And even if we go past the New Testament, okay, even after the New Testament was written and the apostolic fathers began to write letters and books about Yahushua at the, at the very beginning of Christianity, after the death of the apostles. Was that when Yahushua became God? Let's keep reading uh, the philosophy of the church fathers. Remember, the church fathers were the ones who, who emerged after the death of the apostles, right? Who was the last apostle to die? John. After John, the church fathers became, became like the teachers, uh, there is the old Roman or the so-called Apostles' Creed, uh, which follows the language of Matthew and Luke and makes no mention of the pre-existent Christ. This creed reads, I believe in God and in Christ Yahushua, his only son, 
who was born of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, according to this creed. Then, before the birth of Yahushua, there was only God and the Holy Spirit, and Yahushua, as it says, was born of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. No mention, take note, no mention is made of a pre-existent Christ. And so by the end of the period of the apostolic fathers, there was no belief in a pre-existent trinity. And so we have the end of the, of the apostles, Apostle John dies, apostolic fathers, right? And so they taught for a long time. And even after the apostolic fathers, there was still no teaching about a pre-existent trinity, a pre-existent Christ who is also God the Son. It's not found in any of their writings. This is why it's not original Christian thinking. It's not original biblical teaching, okay? And so what else? When we look at the other writings during the time of the Apostolic Fathers, the Didache. The Didache is uh, a liter literary masterpiece that came after the New Testament, which contains the beliefs of the early followers of Yahushua. When you search the Didache, what do we find? Let's read uh, this book, The Divine Trinity, a dogmatic treatment by uh, Monsignor Joseph Pole. This is what it says. Some modern writers hold that even the Didache, or teaching of the 12 apostles, the oldest literary monument of Christian antiquity outside of the New Testament canon, must be the work of an ebionic or monocreonistic writer because, take note, it contains no formal profession of faith in the divinity of Yahushua Christ and the atonement. So even in the writings of the Didache, there's no teaching that Yahushua is God. It's absent in the early teachings of the early Christians. It's not there, okay? When did it begin to crop up? Systematic theology by Augustus Hopkins Strong, the earliest time uh, known at which Yahushua was deified was after the New Testament writers in the letters of Ignatius at the beginning of the second century. And so it was long after the death of the apostles. And it was only by one man. There were many other uh, writers, but Ignatius was the one who really started it all. Take note, he was just one man. It was not a mainstream idea. It was a unique idea, unique to Ignatius. The other fathers, the other writers, those who put together the uh, Apostles' Creed and the Didache of the first, the early century times, they did not uphold the teaching that Yahusha is God. But Ignatius comes into the scene and he injects this idea, this idea that Yahusha could be God. And we'll find out the reason behind that not today but next next week okay not today we're, we're running out of time but we know ignatius introduces this concept at the beginning of the second century and so after the apostles after christ ascended to heaven okay and so what became when did yahusha eventually become officially gone according to the teachings of christendom let's read from this book a history of god the doctrine that Yahushua had been God in human form was not finalized until the fourth, the fourth century. The development of Christian belief in the incarnation 
was a gradual, complex process. Yahusha himself certainly never claimed to be God. So according to Karen Armstrong, the author of the book, A History of God, when he looked at the evidence from the historical writings, the teaching that Yahusha is God in human form, that did not become developed until when? The fourth century. But in the first century, even the second century, third century, it was overwhelming. The evidence is beyond more than enough to tell us that during those times, the common, the common Christian belief was that Yahusha is not God. It was only Ignatius. And Ignatius, because, you know, the devil is going to use someone, right? He's gonna, all he needs is one person. And he takes that idea and he spreads it. And then all of a sudden, after a gradual, complex process, Yahusha becomes God in the fourth century. Next week, we will go through a gradual, complex process to show you how Yahusha became God and how the Trinity came to be. But we know for sure Yahusha himself never claimed to be God. And what he taught was contrary to what the Trinity teaches. Yahusha, the Son of God, says the Father, Yahuwah, is the only true God. I mean, that's all we really need to know, right? But uh, should we be surprised that this teaching that Yahusha is also God is going to be widespread? Are we surprised by that? Are we? Who do you think causes false teaching to be widespread? Who has the power? Who has the power and the uncanny ability to cause false ideas to become widespread because he really hates Yahuwah? Who do you think, do, who do you think does that? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 11. I just want to read this passage. 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 3 down to 4. But I'm afraid, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Yahushua other than the Yahushua we preach to you. Or if you receive a different spirit from the one you receive or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you must put up with it easily enough. And so why are we not surprised that today the overwhelming majority of so-called Christendom believes that Yahushua is God. That's because the one who is behind it all is who? The one who deceived Eve. And by his craftiness, a person who's gullible will be easily deceived. And when we know about the devil, he never does anything small scale, does he? Does the devil, do, does he do anything small scale? When he deceives, he deceives what? All, <laughs> globally. That's why the Bible says he has deceived the whole world. This is why when it comes to belief and practicing of one's faith, always remember this, uh, brothers and sisters. Do not trust the majority. In fact, question the majority. Why? Because the majority could be the result of the deception of the evil. Because whenever you have a majority belief, you know something's not right. Because the devil is always behind the majority belief. This is why the people of God, Yahuwah, small remnant, right? Small remnant. And so we need to test everything. 
especially that which is adhered to by the majority. Test it. Apostle Paul, he will deceive many into believing, causing people to believe a different Yahushua, just like he deceived Eve. Do you remember how he deceived Eve? Remember what Yahuwah said to Eve and to Adam in the Garden of Eden? What was that? Do not eat from a certain tree, right, in the middle of the garden. And so God gave them a command. However, uh, when they were by themselves, what happened? Uh, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals Yahuwah God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat, of, eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You notice how the devil tried to deceive Eve, right? The devil wants Eve to eat the forbidden fruit, right? And so he says, did God really say you must not eat from any of the fruit? It's a good thing that Eve knows how to answer and respond correctly, right? What did he, what did she say to, uh, to the serpent? He said, well, it's only the fruit. He said, she even said, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. It's only the fruit from the middle of the garden that we cannot eat. Because if we eat it, we're going to die. And so she believed the truth, right? But, you know, about the devil, <laughs> he's very crafty. Do you know what he did? What he said to convince Eve to take a bite of that fruit? Even though she knows she's not supposed to? <laughs> what do you think? What was that temptation? Let's read four to six. You won't die. That's a lie. That's what he does. He lies. He deceives. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And so what convinced Adam and Eve to eat the forbidden fruit, even though they knew Yahuwah God told them, if you eat it, you're going to die. What was that temptation? I want to be like God. <laughs> right? So the fingerprints of the idea that someone else can also be God, who's, who do they belong to? The devil. That's his process. So it's one of his ways to upset God. He wants to make others believe in other gods. That's why throughout the years of Israel, the one sin that really upset Yahuwah, got him angry, was what? Idolatry. When you think of someone else as another God. And so the devil knows that. And he doesn't like God. He wants to upset God. What does he do? He's going to deceive all of Christendom into believing in a different Yahusha. What kind of Yahusha? Yahushua, who is God. All he had to do was switch the terms. God the Son, hmm, let's turn that around, right? Or Son of God, let's turn it around. God the, you see how easy that was? <laughs> and that's what he caused. He used instruments beginning with Ignatius. But it doesn't end there. If you know something about the devil, what will he use? He will use people who have power and authority. I wonder who that was who was instrumental 
in making Yahusha into God, instrumental in the formulation of Trinity and instrumental in making it a dogma that is received and upheld by all of Christendom to the point that if you refuse it, they will say to you, you're not a true Christian. You are not going to be saved. That's someone we're going to find out in our next Bible history project, okay? But it's crazy. <laughs> and when you look at the history behind it, you're going to say, oh my goodness. You will see the pagan origin of these ideas. And what Apostle Paul is telling us right here in 2 Corinthians 11 to 4, it's going to make so much sense. And so we do invite you to attend our next Bible history project while we will show you the development of the idea that Yahusha is God and the development of the Trinity itself. You will be shocked concerning what you will uh, find out about it. Quite shocking how people can become so cunning. Okay. But, um, you know, so that'll be part two of this series. And in the third part of the series, we're going to entertain your questions because many of those who follow the assembly of Yahusha, some of them, a good portion of them, believe that Yahusha is God. And so go to your teachers, Protestant, Catholic, whatever, go to your teachers and ask for their best evidence. Ask for their best evidence in the Holy Bible that Yahusha is God. Okay. And then ask it, uh, submit your question. Uh, to info at assemblyofyahusha.org so that on the third part of the series, all of your queries about Yahusha being God, about the Trinity, that you say it's found in the Bible, we will address all of that. You know, go to YouTube, go to wherever, go to all of your, your Christian teachers and ask what's the best proof, the best evidence that Yahusha is God, the best evidence that the Trinity is true, and we will discuss that in the third part of this series. Uh, but next week, we will continue to work on the development of that idea and to show you it's not a biblical teaching, but a heresy born of the devil himself. Okay. Uh, well, that's it for today. Uh, thank you for attending our Bible study uh, for tonight. Before we go ahead and finish, let us all stand for our prayer. Everlasting Father, yes. merciful and gracious Yahuwah Abba, Amen. thank you for blessing us with enlightenment. Yes. Thank you for showing us the truth about you and yes. about your son. We will cling and hold on to tightly the teachings that we find in your holy scriptures. Amen. Our loving Mashiach, Yahushua. We believe you are the son of God. You are our Lord and Mashiach. Yes. You are our savior. And so we profess faith in you. We belong to you, baptized into your body. Amen. And so we profess you and proclaim you and yes. your name, Yahushua. Amen. Father, please bless all of our viewers. Help us to understand together the teachings that we find in your holy book. Amen. We believe, Father, that you have listened to our prayers. Yes. We ask everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.